Now, do you guys offer any type of special pad for horses that could be very swayback, uh, asymmetrical, maybe a shim or build up, uh, anything specific like that? Welcome to the Barrel Horse Life podcast, where we're going to talk all things horses, barrel racing, and life. This podcast features conversations from world champions, hustlers, and those who make the horse industry a better place. I am your host, Amy Davenport, and I'm so glad you came along for the ride. Let's get started. In this second episode of the Barrel Horse Life podcast, I'm going to dive deep into saddles, pads, bits, reins, breast collars, cinches, all things that Circle Y has to offer. Her name is Dara Loudon. Dara, Dara, gah, apparently I'm still not good with names. She's always got an answer to all of my bazillion questions, and sometimes you just don't know until you ask. Saddle fit is such an overlooked subject that actually has so much to do with your horse's comfort, performance, stride all the things. So let's get going. Here's Dara with Circle Y. Um, what's going on with Circle Y today, Dara? Well, um, luckily we have been very busy. Um, things are going really well. Uh, we're incredibly grateful for the opportunity to, to continue to serve our riders and our dealer network. Um, that we found because of the COVID situation that people are spending a lot more time with their horses. So that's oh, where we're I at. Rode, I rode almost every day during COVID, and when it came time to give them a day off, they were probably grateful, but I had nothing yeah. to do. Right, right. Awesome. Okay, well, we'll get into some questions. So I have some questions for me and some listener questions. Um, okay. So let, let's start off with, um, we'll just start off with saddles. So I know that a lot of the listeners are barrel racers, so let's go ahead and talk um, talk barrel saddles. Yeah, so let me, let me back up. So we have our Circle Y Saddles brand, which most people are very familiar with. You know, we've been around since 1960. So within Circle Y, we have um, several pro barrel racers, such as Martha Josie, um, Kelly Kaminsky, Sarah Rose, and Tammy Fisher. Um, we also, we purchased Rainsman Equestrian in 2012. So we've also got barrel racers that ride that brand, which would consist of like Charmaine James, Marlene McRae, Molly Powell, and Sharon Camarillo. Nice. So we're able to offer barrel racers a lot of options. So, um, you know, depending on what a rider's riding style is, you know, what kind of a horse they're trying to fit, you know, there's a myriad of options. So with that, it's like, how does a, how does a rider know where to even begin? How do they know what to choose? So, um, you know, with each style of barrel saddle, we actually work with the endorsee and we develop a tree, um, unless if like Charmaine James and Marlene McRae, they have their own tree that they have ridden for, you know, 20 plus years. So that's been a tried and true. It works really well for them. Um, but we work, work with each barrel racer to develop what they like, how they like the seat to feel, and how it, um, it fits their horse. Perfect. So 
you probably so Circle Y literally offers probably a hundred, hundred and fifty plus types of barrel racing saddles then, correct? Oh yeah. I mean it's <laughs> between the fits, you know, and what we can do like with our Rainsman line, you know, people can really customize their saddle. So like we may offer it a certain way, but yeah, I mean the possibilities are endless as far as like the tooling, um, if they want different stirrups, the seating material. So yeah, I mean the possibilities are endless and we do offer customization within Circle Y as well. So it's just basically determining what a rider likes. So um, yeah, I, mean, I can kind of give a brief overview. I don't want to overwhelm riders. Sure. So I didn't realize that was an option until recently when I had just purchased my last saddle that you could customize off. You could customize your own saddle at like for no problem. That yes. you know, I had saw someone else had a customized Timmy Fisher saddle. And, oh, that's so pretty. I want that. And it, yeah. it, it was not much more cost than a regular. Saddle. I don't know if it was even much more cost at all. It was mm-hmm. it was perfect. So that's a great option that they can get pretty much any saddle of any line of any type for almost nothing else extra. That's awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, and also I wanted to to throw out there, um, you know, within our Circle Y line, um, we started a brand that's called High Horse, and what we wanted to accomplish with that brand is, you know, we have a lot of riders and, you know not everyone can spend $2,000 on a saddle. So we wanted to give riders an option also that they could buy an American-made saddle made within an American-made tree um, and still at a at a really affordable price point, um, but it's still going to fit their horses really well and still give them the security of knowing that they're buying a saddle that is going to last, that it's not um, – you know, made with anything questionable, that it's a really well-made saddle. Yes. I know. I had a conversation a few weeks ago with a friend of mine. We were talking about how some of these cheaper, almost like no-name lines, that sometimes they don't even have a name on the saddle that you see on for sale on Facebook or these yes. different ads, Craigslist, that they tend to have, um, and I'm going to probably get this wrong, it's almost like a plastic tree on the inside. I saw a YouTube video where a guy actually took apart a saddle and it was something that was made overseas somewhere in this saddle, instead of it being wood, which is almost like a plastic material. Yeah. That was yeah, we, very interesting. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, we, we've, we've seen that too, you know, and it, it's just when you get into situations like that, um, you know, it can get into, safety issues um you know it can hurt the horse so yeah it's it's a good thing to be vigilant and and look at what you're purchasing and kind of have some discernment if there's no name on it yes so let's kind of break down um let's kind of go back to the to the center the basis of a saddle so even people that might listen to this podcast may not know what is as like a wood saddle what what you even start off with. So talk about the wood of the tree and how that's made and where, where it's made at. Okay. So we use um, premium Colorado timber in our wood saddle trees. And actually um, we, we used to buy our saddle trees because you've, you've traditionally had saddle makers and you've traditionally had tree makers. 
So what we wanted to do was provide consistency to riders. So like if they find a saddle that they like and it fits, that, you know, five years later they could buy a saddle and it's going to fit the same. So what we actually did is we started our own tree company. So all of our trees are made in Yoakum, Texas, and that's where we make all of our saddles so that we can be very agile. Um, we're constantly evaluating saddle fit, and um, we're constantly fitting horses all through the year. Um, and so by doing that, we are able to offer a variety of trees. So right now, um, you know, we have wood trees, and so within that, you, the different coverings that you have, we've got, we use like fiberglass, we use carbon fiber, we use um, Kevlar, which Kevlar is really interesting because we reinforce the trees. Like it's the same material that you would find like in the police, like bulletproof vest. Like it's incredibly strong. So um, we don't typically use that in barrel saddles per se, but we, we use a variety of materials to suit what the saddle is going to be used for so like you said the tree which is like the backbone of your saddle and that's where everything starts right the feel for you the fit for the horse so um, right now we've got about 14 different fits of saddle trees so that we can fit horses that are you know more thoroughbred more narrow-bodied more foundation even like your extra wide um, fits mules um, so we, we have our, our saddle tree company so that we can be really agile and respond to what riders need. So a lot of people have grown up or been taught that um, a thicker pad can bring more comfort, uh, help your saddle fit better. I know I've heard a lot of different rumors, myths around this subject. So if you could please, could you break down this myth for us? Yes, so that that's an excellent point. Um, you know, we see with the most well-meaning of riders, like you said, that they think that a thicker pad tends to solve any problem, and that is not the case. So, you know, um, you know, and what we really strive to do is just take pressure off of people, right? That that we find like the tendency to want to use a thicker pad, a bigger pad, is because you know. The rider is so afraid to hurt their horse, which we all are, right? I mean, our horse is our partner. The last thing that we want to do is hurt them. But when you when you have a good fit, typically the less pads you need. Now, when you get outside of normal, so like say your horse has more dip in his back or he might be asymmetrical or he might have a prominent backbone, that's when you really look to your pad to do a different job. But if your horse has a normal back and you have a good saddle fit, you don't need any of that other stuff. Um, because what you, what you do, like you said, is you actually out pad the fit. So like, you know, if you're wearing a, a size medium shirt and it fits really good, well, if you put on an inch and a half or two inch sweater underneath that medium shirt, it's not going to fit. It's going to look terrible. It's going to feel terrible. Yeah. It's going to be uncomfortable. You know, that you can definitely apply that same philosophy to your horse in the pad. Awesome. So that's actually a great segue into getting to talk about all things saddle pads. I know it can be kind of a deep rabbit hole, but I'm going to let you take the reins on that. With Rainsman Equestrian, you know, they, whenever we purchase them, I mean, they are like the bit and pad company, right? 
So within Rainsman, you have many options of saddle pads. Um, you know, wool is kind of considered like the gold standard of pads, but what I want to tell riders is that don't discount a synthetic pad. Um, you know, really take into account the type of riding that you're doing. Um, even climate um, plays a factor into, um, you know, the pad that you might use. Like, you know, we're, we're located in South Central Texas. It is very hot and very humid for many, many months out of the yeah. year. <laughs> so the while, yeah, exactly. So, you know, while a, a, wood pad, a wool pad, you know, we all love wool pads because it wicks moisture, shock absorption, but at the same time, it holds moisture. So, like, if I ride my horse on a wool pad, it's not going to be dry the next day. So that's why I say, you know, you might look at a fleece pad or a pad that maybe has, like, the tacky two material underneath. You know, those dry really quick. So, you know, there's there's a lot of different materials that a rider might choose based upon those circumstances. Um, and, again, a pad like that, you're fitting normal. So if, you're, if your horse has, you know, hollows in the withers, um, you know, behind a shoulder blade, things like that, that, you know, you're going to want to look at a pad that maybe does some more things. But if your horse is free of conformation issues, um, you know, you're, you're, you can typically just choose a pad that's, you know, half inch, three quarter inch thick that you don't need an inch and a half thick pad. Absolutely. So, yeah, so, you know, depending on if your horse is like sway back or if he has hollows, you know, we make pads that have inserts that you can put in or remove, like if you're riding more than one horse. Um, but what, what you're trying to do when you use a corrective pad like that, and that's with any, any good cell fit, you're trying to disperse the weight of the rider evenly. So when you get gaps between the horse's back and the saddle tree, that's when you get those pressure points. So, um, you know, when your horse does have some abnormality like that, a pad solution, that's going to fill in that gap, and so your horse is going to be a lot more comfortable. Awesome. And um, there's another myth that uh, a few listeners wanted to talk about was dry spots. Now, yes. Yeah. I'm going to, like, again, take the reins. You go, girl. <laughs> All right. So dry spots. We hear a lot about dry spots too. Um, and let me let me just start with you know look at the look at the condition of your pad. If you've been using a pad that's eight years old that has caked on sweat and mud and you know your pad is not doing what you need it to do. So in that case, hair. yes, and hair. For two years. <laughs> yes. So you know that could cause dry spots, but the main the main idea behind dry spots is that they're caused by a lot of pressure in one area over an extended period of time. So if you're riding and you pull the saddle off and your horse has dry spots, so there's, there's two things I want riders to ask themselves. Number one, has the horse ever sweated there before? Um, sometimes we see, you know, you may not know the history about your horse that you're riding, if your horse, um, if his back has been damaged in the past, like he's got white marks and, you know, and even once you correct and the white marks go away, that it's like a scar basically on your horse's back. So it'll kill the sweat glands. So that can be a source for dry spots. So you can ask yourself, 
okay, has this horse ever been damaged here again? So the next thing, if you look at those dry spots, I want you to look at, um, you know, um, is his hair, like, rubbed? Um, is he swelling? So, like, things like that, if you have a dry spot and you see those disturbances, like he is swelling, um, his hair is rubbed, then that probably, that's a great indication that you have a saddle fit problem. If you have a dry spot and you do not have the rubbed hair um, or the swelling, you know, he, he might have just been damaged there before. Um, the second thing is that what kind of pad are you using, right? Because wool pads, they are designed to wick moisture. So if you're using a pad, that pad might just be sucking up the sweat. So pull it off the horse and touch the pad. I mean, if that pad is soaking wet, it's doing the job that you have paid for it to do. So that would be another consideration of dry spots. Um, another thing that you might consider is if your saddle is bridging. So like if your horse has more dip in his back than the, than the saddle tree, then a dry spot like in the middle of his back on that dip, that could mean the saddle is bridging. So then that might you might consider, okay, well, then maybe I do need a corrective pad that has that filler in the middle. Um, so I guess actually that's three things that you can consider if you have dry spots. Um, you know, and oftentimes we hear that the dry spots, people think, oh, my gosh, you know, my saddle doesn't fit. So, um, you know, with that being said, you, you just, if you look at those three things, that's going to help you determine um, and also what we found, if a saddle doesn't fit, oftentimes it's pretty obvious. Um, you know, like if your saddle is tipped up in the back, like the gullet is sitting down on the horse's wither, or if it's perched up to where you see a lot of fleece, like those are good indications that your saddle doesn't fit. So those are a few things that you can look at to help make that determination. On your saddle pad, to how big or small your saddle is, like how many inches in the front and the back, oh, and yeah. sizes the saddle pads. Because that's something that I never even thought of when I bought my very first saddle pad a bazillion years ago. Just by chance, I bought the right size. I had no idea they even came in different sizes. I was pretty naive when I first got into horses. So, go explain a little bit deeper into that as well. Yeah, so that's that's a great great point. So. Basically, what you're looking for, like in the front and the rear of the saddle, you want at least an inch. Um, so that's, you know, so if you measure your skirt and say you have a 24-inch skirt, you know, a 26 or a 28-inch pad length is going to be a good size for your horse. Um, and then also you want to look at is pad drop. So let's say you're riding a treeless saddle or any barrel saddle that has a dropped rigging. So your standard square is probably not going to come down long enough and you're going to get that bottom rigging D on your horse's side. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing that you want to look at um, is the pad drop to see, you know, if your horse, if your saddle just has a straight rigging, you should be fine. But if it's got any kind of a drop rigging, you're going to want to look for a pad that has more of that drop rigging shape. Awesome. Anything else you want to touch on as far as pads or anything that Circle Y has to offer? Um, yeah, you know, one one final thought that I will add about pads. Um, you know, depending on 
what type of writing you're doing, right? If you're writing for 20 minutes once a week, you know, the quality of your pad, you can probably get by with a little less. Um, the more writing you're doing, the more demanding you are on your horse. You know, I would say I, I know everything that has to do with horses gets extensive, but with pads, you know, you really get what you pay for. <laughs> so, yes. you know. Yes. Uh, anything in the horse industry. Yes, yes. So, you know, that $25 belt pad may look like a really good deal, but if you're trying to make a 2D or a 1D, you know, it's it it's worth it for you and for your horse to spend that extra money and spend, you know, $150 on a pad. And I'm just to get the quality, um, you know, I know there are things that we do within the Rainsman brand, like, you know, we, we do add some extra steps, but what that translates into is a better pad, like, um, you know, for example, that we will stitch the spine, like hand lace it, instead of it just being put together by just that top leather piece on the spine, like if you're looking at a wool pad, um, you know, not all pad companies do that. So mm -hmm. it is well worth it to really look at your pad, flip it over, see how it's constructed, um, you know, and just, and just be be more confident that in what you're what you're purchasing, you really are getting that value and protection for your horse. That's awesome. Just touch a little bit more on the saddles. So, I know again it's a little bit of a deep rabbit hole, but can you explain the difference between a regular treat saddle, a flex yes. treat saddle, and then a treeless saddle? I think there's again a lot of myths and a lot of rumors and a lot of things that people have said or have these ideas in their head that they've been taught since they were younger or from their parents and the technology I know with Circle Y has been so innovative over the years that it is just mind blowing. So um yeah, tell us all about what you know the difference between the regular flex tree treeless. Absolutely. So um you know let me start with when it comes to sizing um on any of these trees. Um, you know, we, we hear a lot from riders that they want to know the gullet um, or say, you know, hey, my horse needs a seven-inch gullet. Um, and so I just, I kind of want to touch on that for just a minute because I think that'll help clarify, like, the fitting for, for all three of these. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and like you said, those are things that is really ingrained in our riders. Um, but, you know, and, and how would you know if you're not a saddle maker, right? Yeah. So, um you know, so so just let me say, I apologize that, number one, there is no standardization for what a regular or like a semi-fit is, quarter horse fit, full quarter horse. Yeah. I, I apologize, but, yeah, there is no standardization. So what we call that a competitor, it may fit differently, and that's okay. But um, what I'm, I'm going to try and get through all this, but at the end of the conversation, hopefully there's some resolve and knowledge um, so that riders can help determine what fit they actually need based upon the horse that they have. Um, so the gullet, the way that we take the gullet measurement is on a bare tree. And where the gullet measurement is, is not where the conchos are. And again, I apologize, lots of people do that. Not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. But, yeah, but, but that is not the gullet. Um, the gullet measurement is where the bottom of the swell meets the top of the tree bars. That's the gullet. And you take it on a bare tree, so once you put leather on, you, there's no way to really get what the true gullet measurement is. Um, so, with that being said, 
you know, that's obviously one area you want to look at for saddle fit. Then you also want to take into account the bar angle. So um, with our wood trees, you know, we have, we have several fits that you would call like our regular. That would be like our semi-quarter horse fit, okay? So what we would recommend is if your horse has a defined wither, typically those horses do great in your regular fits. Um, because the gullet is at a good, a good size, the bar angle, um, you know, and also we fit individual horses. We don't fit, um, breed types, right? Because if someone says, well, I need a quarter horse bar. Well, that's fantastic. We love quarter horses, but you have the thoroughbred looking quarter horses and you have the bulldog, like really round, really muscle type quarter horses. So I just, Arabian type quarter horses. Yes, exactly. So, you know, what we really stress is that you want to look at your horse as an individual, you know, and just because a horse may be really tall, yeah, he might be 16 hands, 16 two, what whatever these monster barrel horses might be. But, and I say this very affectionately, he might have a shark fin, you know, and he has hollows and he's narrow, you know? Yeah. Um and, yeah, and that's so, just how God made him. It's just like yes, exactly. So just because he's tall doesn't mean he needs an eight inch gullet, um, which is like a monster. Um, so within the wood trees, you know, what we call regular, um, that would be like your semi. And then we have a wide, which would be like your quarter horse bar. And then we have an extra wide, which would be like your full quarter horse. So that's your horse that really is more round he's you know got a significant mutton wither and he tends to be round all the way down his body um so with that being said we've applied pretty much that same principle to our flex two trees so with that we offer a regular wide and extra wide to kind of accommodate those you know more three like generalizations of horse conformations um so Flex, flex trees are a whole conversation in itself, um, and if you're okay with this, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into this. Um, okay, so you know, flex. The term flex has become generic in our industry. Um, there are a lot of flex trees on the market. What I can speak about is how we make our flex two tree and what makes it different. Um, our flex two tree is not a one size fit all. It's not going to bend in half. It's not going to get wider over time. The way we construct our Flex 2 trees and why it is by far riders love our Flex 2 tree, I mean, I have one myself, um, is because we take a wood swell, which is the front part of the saddle that your horn sits on, wood cantle, which that's what your hiney rests against, and then we put in a rigid ground seat, and that's what you're sitting on that makes the seat feel a certain way, and then we attach all of that to a high-density bar. So that does not move. That needs to be fitted appropriately um, for the horse that you're trying to ride. So what we then do is we attach a low-density bar. So all of that gets attached to a low-density bar, and that's what rests against the horse. So that is what flexes. So when your horse, you know, is extending his shoulder and bending and turning around a barrel, that's the part of the tree that flexes so that you don't have that poking. You don't have any constriction in his shoulder as he's trying to bend. 
so that's and also and so you get that on the back too like um you know underneath your hiney that's where as his hip is moving and his lungs are expanding the back part of the tree does the same thing if that makes sense it's kind of hard to explain without a visual but um but um you know with our flex two tree it's lightweight then that's where you do get you know some forgiveness and fit um but again, you know, it's not a one size fit all. I mean, you can't expect to use one tree fit on a shark fin type horse and, you know, your really round quarter horse. Um, but these these trees have proven themselves. They're lightweight. They fit really well, um, you know, and, and they do really good for riders who not only barrel race but trail ride, do some performance, you know, as long as you're not roping there's really no no end to what what you can do and and the comfort that we see this tree that um it brings horses so it's been it's been a really good tree um so i also want to touch on so we've got the flex 2 within circle y um within our ransom line you know we've got two different trees found in um you know like marlene mccray her saddles use her special effects saddle trees so her bars are made of um it's like it's, it's a custom form-fitting bar to where it actually, the whole bar will move with the horse. So it's kind of like you get a custom fit for each horse. So that's that's different. But again, we're only using trees that have been tried and true. We believe in, Marlene believes in. Because I will say, no saddle maker uses a tree specifically designed to hurt your horse. It may not fit your particular horse. But, um, you know, especially with our endorsees, I mean, if they found a tree that works really well for a lot of different horses that they've stuck with for 20-plus years, um, yeah. you know, these are these are all items that have been tried and true and proven. Absolutely. Um, but, but they yeah. believe it, and they're, they're willing to put themselves out there to put their name behind it to say, this is Absolutely. my product. It works. No one's going to do that and then have a product that's only going to fit a thousand horses. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and you know, and yeah, we are a saddle maker, but it does us no good. I mean, whether you're riding a competitor's brand, you know, like when we're at events and stuff, and people, you know, will come up and you know ask, you know, how do you think my saddle's fitting? I mean, we want to make a difference to every horse that's out there. Um, you know, yes, we are saddle makers, but I mean, the whole reason we exist is to enrich the lives of the horse enthusiasts. I mean, that is really what we what we believe and what we live. So whenever we're at events, you know, if someone needs help or asks a question, I mean, we we are going to do what we can. I mean, at the end of the day, we want every horse to be comfortable, and we feel like one way that we can do that is to help riders. I mean, if they ask us a question, we're going to help them regardless. That's wonderful, and that's another reason why I wanted to have you on this podcast is because. One of my main goals is I want to have people on here who make the horse industry a better place. And I think that by getting the information out there about having better saddle fit makes the horse industry a better place. It's all a domino effect. Absolutely. You know, we, we believe that too. I mean, there's, you know, in the other side, you know, we, we run into riders who are just, kind of genuinely afraid to like really ride their horse because they're so afraid of hurting them because they just they're confused you know they don't know 
what they need to look for. They don't, you know, who can they trust to get accurate information. And so, you know, we all love our horses and we want to educate and empower riders. So if, I mean, if you're trying to fit or if you've been having a lot of trouble with fit for your horse, you know, we have, we do saddle fittings through pictures, through go to meetings, um, you know, even our reps, you know, when, when they're available, we can't do this all the time, but, you know, they will go to people's farms and help them fit their horse, um, you know, and then we also offer, like, um, uh, saddle fitting through, through back tracings. So there's a lot of ways that you can, you know, be sure that your hard-earned money, when you decide to purchase a saddle, that you're getting something that is going to be comfortable to your horse, comfortable to you, and well worth your time of the investment. Perfect. So that was actually my next question. So if someone listening wants to purchase a new saddle but has no idea what kind of fit or style they need, where do they even begin? Yeah, so they can start. They can reach out to us directly, um, and then we can always refer them to, like, a dealer that's near to them. So, um, you know, there's just a couple of different ways that, that we can go about it. Um, we have a website. Um, so so any, of those, any of those places would be a great place to start. But, again, you know, calling into customer service or emailing us, messaging us on Facebook, any of those um, avenues, we've got great knowledgeable people that are more than happy to help and, and work through any issue that, that you're having. Okay, so I want to give a quick little backstory. Um, I have this very little special mare that I own. Her name is Sister Remy. And many, many years ago, actually about 10 years ago, when she was probably five, maybe six, um, I borrowed a cutting saddle and borrowed a friend's trailer. We loaded up, drove four hours up north to go to our very first Charmaine James Clinic. So I show up with all these, like, semi-pro high school finals barrel racers and we could barely trot the pattern (laughs) it was not not ideal i tell you what it was the most humbling experience of my life um i had a very good opportunity that my mom went with me and i had met some very very dear friends that i still have to this day at that clinic but i saved up a ton of money um which I bought my first saddle there, and it was a Rainsman's Charmaine James saddle with a black gator seat. It had me from hello. It was absolutely beautiful. So I saved up my money knowing that I would probably buy a saddle at this clinic, and I did. It was used. Somebody actually had it for sale there because, you know, when you go to barrel races, people bring their stuff for sale. (laughs) So anyways, I bought it used, brought it home, loved it. It fit probably like 80%. She's a very hard mare to fit. She doesn't look at it like it, but she is. So... I rode in that saddle for years and years. Um, I actually ended up selling it to my friend Kathy, who I met at the Charmaine James Clinic. So that saddle still lives on. It was good and broke in, but it had very little wear and tear on it. It lasted, and it, it you know, when, when you buy good quality, it lasts. Like going back to what we said earlier, you get what you pay for. So as she filled out and as she grew up and her muscles changed, her back changed, that saddle, I felt like just wasn't fitting her. I gained a little bit more, not more knowledge and got a little bit more experience with saddle fitting. So I ended up going through about seven different saddles. And I'm not lying when I said I have gone through seven saddles trying to fit her properly until one day someone said, why don't you try a treeless saddle? And I thought, oh, no way. Treeless is bad because my whole horse life, which has only been probably about 15, eh, probably 10, 12 years, 
I have always been told that treeless was bad. So at that point, I thought, well, what else do I got to lose? So I ended up buying a Circle Y Tammy Fisher barrel saddle that was treeless. I absolutely loved it. So when my horse chiropractor came, she felt out my horse and said, actually, I agree with you, Amy. This saddle fits absolutely perfect. So just keep an eye on it. See how she if she fills out or changes anymore. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So that's how I got started on the treeless saddles. And your horse knows when your saddle fits. You know when your saddle fits you, but sometimes people don't know when their saddle fits their horse. So when the saddle fits your horse, your horse has a better movement. It has a better stride. It performs better. all, All the things. It really makes such a huge difference. And... I have been so lucky and so blessed that I have been able to find saddles that have fit my horse and I could not be more grateful for diving into it head first and finding the treeless line that has been such a blessing in my life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the back on the the treeless that you mentioned, um, you know, again, speaking about the the treeless saddles that we make, um, you know, they do have a wood swell and a wood cantle. So they're, they're essentially barless, basically. So you do still want to look at, you know, the tree fit. Um, you know, Tammy would say we've worked a lot with Tammy. She is an incredible woman. Um, you know, she, she likes the wide for the, for the majority. The style of horses that she rides, she likes the wide. Um, you know, and one thing that I'll tell you about the tree list, that in any other treed saddle, this would be like a red flag. But, like, usually with your tree list, when you pull it out of the box, it's probably going to pop up in the back. Like when you put it on your horse, it's going to pop up and you're going to think, oh my gosh, I've just got the saddle and it doesn't I did fit. and I'm like, it's square in the back. What am I going to do? But it does not yes. last long at all. It exactly. It forms right down within a couple of rides. Exactly. And so that's, that's what Tammy would tell you too, that this is the one exception to the rule. Do not be, don't have a heart attack. It's yeah. going to be fine because what. You know, your outside layer, I mean, we're using really high-quality leather. Then we put in a layer of neoprene. And so once you start riding that saddle, it's going to form fit to that horse's back. It's going to get softer. You're going to break it in. And then, like you've just said, it's going to fit like a glove. Um, And there's also actually, like, another layer of neoprene in the seat area. So you have a lot of of support and weight distribution by having – um, the neoprene and just the way that we construct our treeless saddles. Um, so again, you know, you use that, you use this, you know, a soft, um, you know, wh- whatever pad you like to use with it, you're still getting the support, the weight distribution, even though it is a treeless. So don't be afraid, like you said, that, you know, there's a lot of information out there and there are, there are other treeless saddles, but as far as what we do for Circle Y, Everything that we're doing is to help you ride better and protect your horse. Yeah, so if anybody sees me and wants to try my treeless saddle, I'm totally okay with that too. I know I've had a few people that have stopped me at shows and said, hey, do you mind if I try your saddle and throw it up on my horse? Absolutely. There's nothing better than trying a saddle before you buy one. Now, of course, my saddles are kind of form-fitted to my horses, but I'd rather have you try my saddle and sit in it on your horse to see if you like the seat size. I ride in a 16 and a half inch wide Tammy Fisher saddle. 
Um, that's what fits me and my horse. I like my saddles a little bit bigger and I am not a small girl. So I would rather have you try the saddle to see if you like it first than make the investment and not have it work for you. So I've had a few of my friends that have sat and rode in my saddles and they absolutely hated it. And that's okay because treeless saddles are not made for everybody. Um, not everybody's going to like it. If you've rode in a treed saddle your whole life and then you sit in this treeless, you may not like it. That's okay. That's why there's all these different types of saddles. There's different types of trees, different sizes, different types of comfort levels, because you have to, you have to have that wide range to catch all types of riders. Like you said, it seems like people either love them or hate them. It's like, yep. there's no in between. <laughs> It is so true. Well, I'm on the loving end because I've never had one up until the past couple of years. And now that I ride both my horses in it and I get it, they, it just fits both my horses. I like the way it feels. I like the way it rides. So I'm, I'm on the loving end of it. All right. That's Another awesome. thing that um, I know a lot of people don't know that um, I know since Circle Y also owns Tucker and Reigns and a few other things. They, you guys have lots of bits and girths and breast collars, and I want you to dabble a little bit in that as well. We do. We do, yeah. So, um, you know, Rainsman is our bit company, and so we hand make most all of our bits in Yoakum, Texas, um, you know, using a variety of materials like sweet iron, copper, um, you know, things that really enhance the feel and the taste of the bit in the horse's mouth. Um, you know, there's, we've got a wonderful, knowledgeable um, task, I mean, a force of bit makers. So we can basically do, um, you know, what, whatever is a rider would want, we can make. Um, and so we've got over 300 bits. So how does a rider even begin to know what to choose? I mean, if you don't already know, um, we have created our guide to bit stages. And so based upon your horse's training level, based upon the rider's training level, that helps you narrow down like what stage you are in. And then you can look at those bits and kind of help determine where you're at. You want to go as far as your training and riding and what your needs are. Now you guys also have girths, cinches, and things like that, correct? We do, yes. So, um gosh, you know, that, that's another really important part of just overall horse health, um, you, you know, a really important uh, piece of equipment. So, you know, we do have um, our fleece cinches, which are, you know, we found are really good for horses that have more sensitive skin, um, you know, and also one thing to note about the fleece cinches is that the fleece goes all the way up. Um, so that the buckle is not against your horse's side, you know, that like, you know, some people love and swear. Yes. Yes. So, you know, some people love and swear by mohair cinches. That's awesome. But on some horses that buckle to skin contact might rub. So like a fleece is a really good choice um, to, to protect if you've got a sensitive skinned horse. Um, also neoprene um, is really good. Like, they dry really quickly, especially, you know, being here in Texas or if you're in the hotter climates or you're running at a muddy barrel race, gosh, you can just hose off that neoprene cinch. It's clean and ready to go. Um, and then we also have our soft touch, which is it's made of a virgin neoprene material. 
so it will not gall your horse. It self-lubricates that even though it's a synthetic, it is really, really soft. So um, that's really nice. That's probably my favorite product. Oh, really? Yes. yes, yes. I love them. They, and when it says soft touch, like, I, I want to wear it. <laughs> it's really yeah. comfortable. My horses love it. Yes, exactly. And it's really easy to keep clean. So, you know, just based upon the type of, you know, what your needs are, what your horse needs, that there's definitely a really a, a good variety of, of cinches. Awesome. Okay. Well, is there anything else you want to cover or let the listeners know about your company? products, anything? You know, we are, we're passionate about what we do. Um, and I hope, I hope that's been conveyed in this, in this phone call. Um, you know, no matter where you're at, no matter what questions you have, you know, feel free to reach out that we've got a great team of people. Um, you know, we're happy to work with you, listen to what your needs are, what your horse's needs are, and, you know, help you get equipment that works, that, um, so that you feel confident in what you're doing and what you're riding and, and that you can really enjoy your horse and not be afraid that you're hurting him. So we're, we're definitely here for you in, in whatever capacity it may be. Awesome. I think that's beautiful. Well, Daryl, let me close out this episode by saying a sincere thank you so much for your time and helping the listeners gain knowledge and insight. Please tell everybody where we can learn more information or find you all on social media. Yeah, so go to circlewide.com and you'll find our family of brands on the website and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram. And that's a wrap on the second episode on the Barrel Horse Life podcast. This episode has been written, produced, edited, directed, published all by me, Amy Davenport, here in my closet. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Please be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. Please feel free to screenshot, put on your stories on your Facebook, Instagram, whatever you want to do. Just be sure to get the word out about this podcast. The more people that listen, the more awesome people I can bring on this podcast for you guys. So thanks so much for listening, and I can't wait to bring you more content, and we'll see you next time. Yoo-hoo, horsies, it's time for snacks.